This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast after another uh, summer weekend and a devastating. Really devastating Yankee loss. I mean, they don't come any worse than this. They blow another series. They lose with Cole having a 7-1 lead. You know, I have told you repeatedly, if I've said this once since the start of this baseball season, I have said this 20 times. The Yankee numbers in the bullpen were good. They have hard throwers and impressive throwers in the bullpen. But I told you I did not trust the bullpen ever in a big spot because I did not think there was anybody who could close games under pressure that I felt I believed in. And yesterday was a crowning example of that in terms of pitch execution, in terms of fielding the position, in terms of everything, as the Yankees were devastated with the Marlins' comeback. And, you know, game after game, series after series, the Yankees keep telling us the same thing. We're no good. We're no good. But we all still cling to the idea of them getting hot for a week and maybe jumping into the third wild card spot, which is what the third wild card spot is for. It is there to keep teams alive in September, to keep cities alive in September and not having them only thinking about the NFL. That's why it's there, to get a team that is mediocre, average at best, into the postseason and let it have a dream that it can run the table even though it's had a miserable year for the most part. And this team doesn't hit at all. Has no consistency in the lineup. There are days where it scores. Okay, yesterday the kids hit a couple of home runs. Fine, there are going to be days like that. Even a blind squirrel finds the acorn once in a while. But there's no consistency to this lineup. There's no balance to this lineup, lefty-righty. There's no leadoff hitter. There's so many things you can talk about day in and day out that they don't have. They don't have enough pitching because of injuries. They don't have a closer that you can count on in a big spot. And they don't have anything really in that lineup except one player who just shines so much above everybody else. I mean, if you look at Judge's OPS, you look at his on-base percentage, which is, you know, in rarefied territory. Why? Because he's going to get a ton of walks with the Yankees because why would you pitch to him in a big spot? There's no one else in the lineup you're afraid of, even a little bit. 
So I'm not here this morning to tell you the Yankees are dead because they're not dead because the system is set up so that they are not dead in August. But they, day in and day out, now at 60 and 58, five back in the wild card, show you they're not any good as they go to Atlanta. They're not any good. They don't beat anybody. And they've showed us this series after series after series after series. The system is keeping them in it. And they have just enough star power in Judge and Cole to keep themselves breathing, which is all they're doing right now. This is the Mike Francesa podcast, of course. We'll get to your uh, emails in a couple of minutes. They've already had them sent to me. Uh, remember, brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Go to the Bet Rivers app for all of your wagering needs now, and especially as we head towards a what should be an exciting football season here in New York and across the country. College football just around the corner. Hey, less than two weeks away from the start of the college football season. It's Bet Rivers. In New York and New Jersey, play Sugar House in Connecticut and go to the uh, new and improved and always improving Bet Rivers app for all of your wagering needs. Now, the game that is being played with the Mets is let's point the finger, okay? Ignore it, folks. Did Scherzer and Verlander like each other? No. They didn't like each other ever. Why were they going to like each other with the Mets? Did they like each other with the Mets? No. Verlander is a devious story saying now, big deal. Do you know how many big superstar pitchers are divas? I think Roger Clemens was a diva. I mean, that doesn't matter. What matters is last year, last fall, DeGrom and Scherzer didn't do their jobs. This spring, Scherzer and Verlander didn't do their jobs. That's what's important. Now everybody wants to point the finger at Alonzo. Has Alonzo had some run-ins last year and this year? Yes. Does that mean you have to send them packing? No. When a team decays like this, and there's so many reasons, I just gave you DeGrom and Scherzer last year. I gave you Scherzer and Verlander this year. You had no Diaz because of the injury, okay? You good starting pitchers who were underrated last year left this year. That hurt, okay? Other players spiraled. Marte spiraled. McNeil spiraled down, down, down. On and on we can go. That's why this team had a disastrous season. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And then they sent some guys packing and other rats jumped off the ship and away you go. And now there's nothing left to do except point the figure on who's the blame and who has to go because that's the only story that sells right now for the Mets. I've told you without mentioning any names that there's been trouble in the locker room. There's a lot of times there's trouble in clubhouses with teams that are winning. Not everybody likes everybody. That's just the way things go. It goes that way sometimes in the most successful organizations. 
It goes that way when you're falling apart because you start pointing the blame. Don't worry about that. Here's what you worry about if you're a Met fan. How are you going to build a team that, where it is right now, build this into a team that can be competitive next year? It will take a miracle. You're going to have to have free agents flock here, and you have to rebuild an entire starting rotation and half a bullpen. You think you're going to do that in one year? And they don't have anybody in the organization who can pitch. They have to import all these pitches. That's almost impossible to do. I don't care how much money you have at your disposal. You can't build a pitching staff from money. It doesn't work. No one's going to give you their pitches. You might get one. You might get two. You're not going to get enough. And they don't have any arms in the minor leagues. So I don't see how they're going to be good next year. That's the headline. This year is gone. Oh, you want to get into where the buck comes back next year? Okay, that's fine. That's not the, that's not, if buck comes back, that's not the issue. It's not the problem. If you give buck players, he'll win. He won 101 games last year. And he lost in the playoffs because his star pitches stunk. And you know what? The Braves are better. They're better from top to bottom. Look at the star power on that team as the Yankees go there. Look at the Olsen's having. I picked Olsen to win the MVP this year. I picked Alvarez in the American League. I picked Olsen in the National League. And Olsen would have won it hands down except for his teammate. Probably going to lead the league in home runs and RBIs. He might lead the majors in home runs and RBIs. He's not going to win the MVP. And the Yankees go see Atlanta now, and they're not even in Atlanta's league. Atlanta's lineup makes the Yankees look like AAA players, except for Judge. Because the Yankees have a lot of AAA players in their lineup. And the Met lineup now, I mean, give me a break. You got to be amazed when they win a game. With their pitching right now and their lineup, you got to be amazed when they win a game. As they saved face last night. So the Yankees cling to a hope that is only there because the system has provided that hope. And with the Mets, don't worry about all the finger pointing. Worry about where the talent's going to come from. Emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Mike Francesa podcast. You can send me your emails at gmail.com. Gmail. Dot com. That's where you get them. Okay, so away we go. All right, let's get to some emails here this morning. Doug, congrats on Casa Creed. Yes, Casa Creed won the four-star day for the second year in a row, which is a, a crowning achievement in Saratoga. Um, is he the best horse you've ever had? Hey, he's by far the best horse I've ever been involved in. I mean, he's won four grade one stakes. This will be his fourth straight year that he has qualified for the Breeders' Cup. Do you know how unbelievable that is? Getting a horse to go to the Breeders' Cup once is a crowning achievement. This horse is going to go to the Breeders' Cup if he wants for the fourth straight year. 
He's won four grade ones. He won back-to-back Jipers at Belmont. He's won back-to-back four-star Daves in Saratoga, one of the real big races of the meet. Four grade ones. He's won now a smidge under $2.5 million on the track. Hey, he's a great, great horse. You know what he is? At seven, he's a, an all-pro who always comes up big in the biggest moments. And that's all you can ever ask for in a performer on any level, on any stage, is that they're there in the big moments. And he's there. And he dances, <clears throat> he dances every dance. He gives you, he might not win every single time. Four-star Davies has been in it four years in a row, which is ultra consistency. He finished third twice, and now he's won the last two. He, he might finish second once in a while. He might finish third once in a while. He wins a lot. He gives you everything he has every single time. And as the uh, legendary Shook McGee, as a trainer who I saw up in Saratoga this weekend when I was walking at the barns in the morning, and he's an old friend, and he's, we were talking about Costa, and he said, hey, that's all you can ever ask out of a horse is to just go out there and give you a big effort every time. That's all you can ask. And that's all you can ever ask. You can never have a more consistent animal than this. He is a great horse. So the answers are resounding yes. Rich and East Rutherford. I hated Giancarlo Stanton trade at the time. Well, if you listen to me, you know what I felt about it. Uh... Not to, it, with me, it wasn't just a long-time financial obligation. That was part of it because I knew it was going to cause problems down the road. But the other part of it was they didn't need another limited right-handed bat. Although he's a prolific home run hitter, they didn't need that. Man, they've needed a left-handed hitting power hitter for a while, and they've needed a real, and a real leadoff hitter for a long time. Right. There's not a lot of talk about the Mets clubhouse issues. Verland over the weekend, uh, McNeil, Lindor, Alonzo. How does this happen? Because the game now is pointing fingers. Hey, did Lindor and McNeil have a skirmish last year? Yes. Have Lindor and McNeil had their issues? Yes. Has Alonzo had confrontations? He supposedly had one with DeGrom last year. He supposedly had a couple of issues. They feel Pete's gotten a little too big for his britches. Hey, who cares? You hear that stuff all the time, especially when the ship is sinking. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter at all if Scherzer and Verlander hated each other if they both pitched like they're supposed to. It's about performance. Don't worry about chemistry. Some of the worst teams, some of the best teams ever hated each other. The Oakland A's in the old days won three straight World Series. They couldn't stand each other. You think the Yankees, the Yankee teams of 77 and 78 liked each other? Come on. And they were as gritty and tough a team as you could ever find. They weren't all going out to dinner together. Kyle, given Tom Coughlin's achievements, were you surprised or upset he did not make the Hall of Fame this year? No, I, I never worry about the Hall of Fame. Tom will get in the Hall of Fame. Tom Coughlin built Jacksonville from scratch. He designed the uniforms. He did everything. He built it from scratch. All right, they didn't have a team. 
He built the team. He took them to two AFC championship games. They lost both of them. They had big years, and then they got into salary cap hell, and he got fired. A decision that the owner said was the worst decision he ever made in his life was firing Tom Coughlin because the franchise never recovered. Tom had them 14-2, and 13-3, and 12-4, okay? Had them in the AFC title game twice. And then he comes to the Giants and beats the Pats twice in the Super Bowl. So Tom Coughlin will get to the Hall of Fame. He's deserving of going to the Hall of Fame. James, this might be the worst Yankee team since the early 1990s. Listen, it's the worst offensive team since Stump Merrill. It's a team that, listen, the Yankees haven't had a losing year in eons. Okay, you have to go back to the days of Stump Merrill to find them, and they were terrible in those days. Used to wait around for Kevin Moss to hit a home run. You remember him? You per- a lot of you guys never heard of him. Go look him up. Their teams were awful in those days. Since it turned around when George went to exile, since it turned around, They've been a winning team every single year, which is why Cashman's not going anywhere because Hal has a ballpark that's full and a team that wins every year, gets to the playoffs almost every year. And even though it hasn't touched the World Series since 2009, which is so un-Yankee-like, one of the real now gaps in Yankee history, He's making money. You're at, the Yankees are averaging 41,000 fans per game this year. They're making money. And that's the game they want to win first, unfortunately. And that's part of the problem. Mike, Michael asks, what happened to Phil Mickelson? He was the most beloved golfer since Palmer, at least among true golf fans. What a shame. It's been an ugly fall from grace. Phil liked to live the fast life. We all know he liked to gamble. He liked to gamble too much. He liked to play with the big fish. Phil likes big things. He likes big bets. He likes big you know, toys. He likes big airplanes. He likes rich things. He is a great talent. He has some issues in his personality. He obviously has some serious flaws in his personality. He has been waiting for two years for this book to come out because he knew this guy was going to clobber him in the book. And he did. And he told people just how big and how bad Phil's gambling was. Phil didn't deny it. What he said was, I no longer gamble. Did he go to the Saudis because he needed the money? Yes. Do you hate him for that? You might. If you do, I understand. It's a terrible fall from grace for who for a player who I agree was a great player. Now he's not an immortal like Tiger, but he's a great player. And agreed, an incredibly popular player with the fans. 
but you've now seen the underside of his life and it's not pretty. So you either accept him warts and all or you spit him out. It's up to you. Ellie, Buck was hired as the manager that lead the Mets to the title. True. With their timeline now changing, does it make sense to keep him? To be honest with you, if they keep Buck, he will do a good job from a baseball standpoint. He's highly capable. If they want to move to someone else, so be it. It's not going to make the difference. I got a clue for you. I got a little tidbit for you. The manager is not in baseball is not the most important factor in winning and losing. It's much bigger in football, the head coach, than it is in baseball. Now, there are guys who are gifted, gifted as managers and make a difference with every team, like of Terry Francona. He is an all-time great manager because his players worship him and he is also very good at what he does. And he just improves team by his presence. There are very few of those, very few. But I've known Buck forever. I've sat around and talked baseball with Buck. If you had the opportunity to do that, you would see that I have no problem saying this. Buck is one of the smartest baseball people, the most astute baseball people I've ever encountered. Another of those would be Bobby Valentine. They know an incredible amount about the nuances of the game. But that's not always everything with managing, especially in this day and age where you're going to get pushed by an analytic department where you're going to get input from an analytic department, where the game has changed and the manager's role has changed, and also the players will not accept rough treatment from managers anymore. You can't Dallas Green them anymore. You know, you're not turning over the food anymore. You're not, you're not challenging their livelihood or their manhood or anything anymore. It doesn't work that way. Unfortunately, which I think is not a good thing for sports, you can't be rough with players anymore. They won't allow it. They become too powerful. So you have to work with them. And not every manager is capable of that. But I'm telling you, this didn't happen because Buck got stupid. It happened because the players underachieved. Some got hurt, some left. Let's be honest. Mets had some guys in that rotation last year that didn't like pitching in New York, but they pitched well here. And they left, but they pitched well here and they didn't replace them. And the big guys on this team did not perform. That's why they lost. Not because Buck got stupid, because Diaz got hurt. And guys didn't do their job. And they didn't replace adequately the pitchers who left. And so many guys in the lineup did not live up to their baseball cards. They didn't do what they did last year. Marte had a disastrous year. McNeil's had a bad year. He's now come on his last nine games. He's trying to make a run late in the season. And he's playing more like McNeil was supposed to play. But he didn't play like that the first three months. 
And listen, all we said last year, all we said day after day, and we were all wrong. We all said the same thing. And it was the right thing to say. Hey, the Mets are going to be terrific in the playoffs because they got a one-two punch that's unbelievable in DeGrom and Scherzer. Well, they both went into playoffs the last week of the season. They were awful. And then they both went into playoffs and stunk. Nobody expected that. We expected DeGrom and Scherzer to do what they are supposed to do and what they got paid to do and what their careers said they would do was go out there and dominate in the postseason. And they didn't. And the Mets lost after winning 101 games. And then this year, Scherzer and Verlander, who were both being paid a fortune, were terrible in the spring. Verlander was bad. Scherzer was awful. Scherzer's got nothing to talk about here. He was terrible when he was here. He wasn't Scherzer-like. He took the money and run. I didn't say he didn't try or didn't try to compete. He always tried to compete. Verlander and Scherzer never don't compete, but they didn't get the job done. And you bring in those kind of pitchers and they don't do the job, you're done. Look at the Yankees this year. They're supposed to have guys in this rotation who've never stepped on the field. That hurts. You've had guys who've stepped on the field for a couple of games. That hurts. You've had other pitchers injured. That hurts. You've had pitchers go out for different reasons. That hurts. Severino, they changed what he's doing, and it has destroyed him. That hurts. And then they have nobody in the lineup except Judge, and he was out for two months. And the Yankees, for some reason, think a lot of guys can play. I'm not going to name them by name because I'm not trying to hurt any of the kids. But there's a lot of guys they have put out there. They can't play. And they can't hit. And they're two right-handed. And you're looking for these guys to put three singles together. These guys in the bottom of the lineup. And it's a joke. Yankees need left-handed power. And they need it badly. And they need a leadoff hitter. Badly. Then you'll have a lineup again. But 41,000 have paid their way in every single game. Or if they're empty seats, those seats are paid for. And it won't change until the Yankees stop being an incredible attraction. If the ballpark's half empty, you will see big changes. But I don't know when that would happen with the Yankees. It would not happen unless the Mets took off and had a great, great team. Otherwise, the Yankees are going to sell a lot of tickets because it has become a place to go for a generation. The Yankees never drew well. When the Yankees had the great run in the 90s, they drew okay. They didn't draw great until the early 2000s and especially when A-Rod came, they drew, then they started drawing $4 million. They had never, ever seen numbers like that in their entire history. And they're in a smaller ballpark now. 
So the numbers aren't going to be the same. But the bottom line is they're averaging 41,000 people per game. The only team averaging more by a, a, a couple of people is the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are coasting back to the postseason. Until that changes, the Yankees are not going to make any dramatic changes. But they're fooling themselves because this team has inferior players. And the Yankees in the past did not put anything on the field that was not quality. And now I don't want to attack guys who are young who by name because it's, I just I'm not trying to hurt them. But they got a lot of guys on this team who don't belong on this team. And a lot of guys who don't ever, ever belong in a Yankee outfield or a Yankee starting lineup. And that's why you have an inferior product. And then Rizzo had a great 40 games. And then whatever happened, and I don't even think the Yankees know what happened. I think they just put him on the bench because they didn't know what else to do with him. He was getting worse. The only home run he hit was off the kid who's the worst starting pitcher in baseball on the Royals. Rizzo got a couple of hits off that kid that day. I think I had three hits off that kid that day. Not a kid. He's been around, but he's he's an awful starting pitcher. And that Rizzo hit 190 with like five RBIs for like two months. And that's Rizzo. He's been a terrific player. And he's been a good Yankee. But... Something happened. I, I Yankees clearly don't know because, you know, they let it go on for two months. Then they f- finally figured out, oh, we'll come up with a symptom just to get him on the bench, get him out of here. I don't even think they know what's wrong with him. I hope they find it. But they need to rebuild this team the way Yankee teams are supposed to be built. Pitching and power, left-handed power. And they desperately need somebody at the top of the lineup. They have no table setters. I got a lot to say about the Giants and the Jets, but that's going to wait. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.